Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quentin. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Radio show tonight. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And before I get started, let me do a little show maintenance and explain how this show works. This show is a platform for you, the callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers. All of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. However, I do have a guest tonight who is an expert in a particular topic, but I'll get to her in just a moment. Now, unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, sex, and more. This show is very informal by design because my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. Now, tonight, we are discussing tips on home buying with the guest, blurred lines, and truffle butter. Now, the call-in number to step in on your soapbox today is 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion or ask a question, then after you connect, then hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time, all right? So that way we won't pick up any unnecessary background noise. All right. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. You can respond and make comments to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Now, normally I have a tweet chat that's going on. I'm not doing the tweet chat tonight, but if you do have questions or if you want to make a comment, then search and use hashtag T2Q to respond to all show tweets. Now, if you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. 
And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 453 starts right now. And I want to go ahead and welcome on my guest. She um, is a huge contributor in the T2Q group on Facebook. She is the owner of a new product line of clothing. She's a realtor from Sin City, Las Vegas. Please welcome Miss April Wright to the Talk to Q radio show. April, how are you? I'm doing good, Q. How are you? I am doing well. Glad to have you on. And actually, I don't think this is your first time. I do remember, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you came on maybe two years ago to talk about um, a little charity event you had for, like, raising money for schools or something, was it? Yeah, we did, because I'm really big into, yeah, I'm really good, big into the school district out here as far as raising funds for um, their back-to-school and then also yeah. their, uh, their all-for-books programs. So um, especially since my boys read so so much and so well, I give back that way. So, yeah, we did. We did a um, one of the boxing, <clears throat> the kickboxing uh, companies that I actually, um, I guess, trained at. We did something there, and it was actually it was a good turnout, and so all the kids in that area were able to get their backpacks and school supplies for for last year. Okay, okay, yeah, and I remember that. So it's actually not your first time here. You're not a stranger. And uh, I'm not a stranger. <laughs> let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, how long have you been a realtor? First of all, um, I've actually been licensed as a realtor since 2003, and became a licensed broker in 2011. So quite some time. Okay. Now, just for everyone who may not know, what exactly does a realtor do, and how do you help future homeowners? Uh, you know what? That is a very loaded question, and so I'll do my best to, to answer it as as, uh, as appropriately as I can. Um, realistically, uh, the question should be, what doesn't a realtor do? And uh, we're, we're everything. We're, we're miracle workers. Um, you know, we're, we're moms, we're therapists, we're taxi drivers, we're everything. No, but realistically, I mean, the realtor plays a huge, it's a critical role in the real estate transaction. It is a, uh, a large uh, purchase that most people are um, going to be making in their whole life. Um, and so many buyers and sellers are not really aware of the true value that a realtor provides during right. that course of the real estate transaction. So um, really depending on the type of transaction, there can be anywhere between 200 actions or steps that we take as a broker or realtor to ensure oh, a successful and a smooth close. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot, um, most of which the client is not privy to because, you know, they don't, they don't need to know everything um, that we do on their behalf. Um, unless it's absolutely necessary for them to be exposed to it, and mainly because it's, it will be too overwhelming and or stressful for the client. So we take on all that. Um, but realistically, I mean, we negotiate the purchase or the sale of real estate um, as the buyer or the seller's representative. And um, there's several trans- transitions or actions that we take, you know, hence the 200 actions that we do. Um, everything from opening escrow, negotiating the offer, um, scheduling appointments. Um, you know, my biggest thing that I love to do is to negotiate. That's one thing that I pride myself on. And the different types of clients have different types of needs. 
um, you know, ultimately the realtor needs to know the market and so that we can educate the client on the market and so that we can make sure that, that we're meeting their goals. You know, we do offer um, pricing strategies and, you know, give the seller an overview of the current market conditions, um, ultimately discussing their goals because I need to know what they need to do, why they're selling, um, what they're going to do with the funds, because it's not just about, you know, selling the house to, you uh-huh. know, move and buy another one. Um, so we play a huge role as far as our duties. And like I said, I'm not going to name all 200 things that we do, um, but we show properties, we, you know, put, you know, we market properties, we do everything um, to make sure that we, we do everything to make sure that the property is then exposed to the, the public as a whole so that their house can be found and vice versa as far as a buyer. I mean, I've found uh, many houses that weren't on the market that I've approached the seller to see if they would like to sell to my buyer because it wouldn't it fit my buyer's um, criteria. So right. we, we do a lot. We do a lot. And a lot of people really just don't understand. They're like, oh, you're getting 3% or 6% or even some companies charge 7%. And um, they really don't understand every little thing that goes into it, the headaches, the love, um, you know, the sweat and tears and, and the real hard work that we do put into it. Yeah, this, uh, but let me. Uh, I was going to say just the the sheer number itself. When you say, you know, two hundred things. I mean, my goodness. Mm-hmm. But uh, go yeah. ahead and finish. Yeah, we. I mean, we confirm. You know, with the buyer, make sure that the buyer is pre qualified. We make sure um, that uh, the prelim is you know doesn't have a lien. You know, so we review everything. We make sure that the measurements are there. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot that really truly goes into it. So when a buyer is walking through a house. They're looking at where their furniture goes, but I'm looking to make sure that it meets their loan standards. And or, um, you know, I'm making sure that uh, everything is in the right place that it needs to be. If there's anything that's going to hinder that sale based on their um, their financing, if it's cash, there's a lot of things that we can overlook. We just discuss that with the buyer because there's no real contingencies that, you know, we have to bother with. Um, a buyer that has cash can buy whatever they want, you know, with lien, without a lien, with a roof missing, without a roof missing, there's real no stipulations. Um, but when they're getting come to financing, we as even though I'm not a loan officer or a lender, I do need to know what type of financing and how that's going to affect the client um, simply because I need to know how to write the offer to negotiate on their, in their best interest. And Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that is definitely a lot And um, I have someone holding I'll get to you in just a moment um, Alright, so I mean You mentioned a lot there But what what are some of the biggest mistakes That people make when it comes to buying a home? Oh, um, you know what? Not realizing how important their credit is and, um, you know, we, okay. we don't pay attention to how much money we spend at Starbucks or that if we pay, um, you know, certain things with our credit cards. When the lenders are qualifying these buyers, um, they take everything into perspective. You know, um, when you made your last payment, was it late? Was it not late? Um, how much do you owe on that credit card? Is it 30% owed on there or less? Yeah. Um you know, just really educating them on on that. And uh, when we're in contract, the biggest mistake I've had people do, whether I've explained it to them once, twice, or three times, is they let people run their credit. 
and you don't want to do that. You don't want to have anyone run your credit. You don't want Sears. You don't want Dillard. Um, you don't want, you know, Walker Furniture. Um, do that because that can affect your end result, which is purchasing your house. So we always tell them, don't do anything that comes to your credit. Don't do, even when you're out shopping, you know, J.C. Penney's going to ask, are you part of our rewards program? Or, you know, right. you'll get 5% off your um, purchase today for filing, you know, for a credit card. Just don't do it. And some people don't realize that they're doing that, you know, um, because they may have just, you know, done it. So credit is, is such an important thing, and a lot of uh, buyers don't understand how credit works. So getting with someone <clears throat> that, um, I'm not going to say credit restoration, but, um, you know, someone that can actually appropriately um, inform them on how their credit is, is reflecting and how the blenders are going to see that. Okay, cool. All right. I get that, and it is something that's very important, and people should be educated on. I think people should get information on that when they're still in high school, but uh, I don't know. I don't think all I agree. schools really put a focus <laughs> that on that. That and balancing a checkbook, okay? That and balancing yeah. a checkbook should be exactly. high school requirement. So. Absolutely, yeah. But, you Three, know, four, also, too, um, what I've also realized is that a lot of uh, our um, home buyers, buyers and sellers, they listen to their peers who may or may not have bought a home, and they start applying that person's um, situation or experience to their own, and that's not always the best thing to do either. Oh, yeah, everyone's different. Everything's different for sure. Absolutely. And 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. On the line with Miss April Wright, Team Wright LV on Twitter. Um, now, for first-time home buyers, do they have certain advantages that others do not? I mean, are they able to get certain credits or just certain grants or something that maybe others do not? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, they have access to special programs that um, can assist them into getting into a home. Um, someone who qualifies for a uh, down payment assistance, you know, grant, um does have an advantage over someone who doesn't qualify for the down payment assistance, um, meaning they have their 20% down or um, they have perfect credit. They're going to have to spend their money and qualify through the standard means. Um, someone with a, um, the opportunity to utilize the first-time home buyers program, and there's plenty of them out there. They're really, really um, there, there's a lot of them available. It just really depends on which um, state and whether you're doing government or local. Um, down payment programs, and um, a lot of these programs actually have limits on what the lenders can charge, and um, you know they some of them have the subsidized uh, rate. So there's there's a lot of advantages that the first time home buyers have, and I think it's a really good thing for those that you know want to take the time to utilize government funds or even local charitable funds, um, it's a good thing for them to do that. So, yeah, they do hold a little bit of an advantage over someone that just has to spend their money as far as down, you know, putting the down payment. Right. Okay. Well, let me go to the phone lines. To the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, and bring on my man Buck. Buck, what's going on? Buck, are you there? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I, I can hear you now. How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well. You have a question for Ms. Doing Wright? Well. 
Yes. Um, when it comes to um, home buyers, um, do you get into you know letting them know the you know types of things like um, you know the as far as inspections, um, termite inspections, um, a full point inspection, and those type of things? Um, do you make the the buyer beware that you know? You notify them, let them know that they have to go through those types of things, you know, in order. You know, that's part of the process of the purchase of the home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the one thing that I do, I'm a product of education. So um, every time I meet with a client, the very first thing we do before we ever look at properties, specifically go into a property, is I let them know what to expect. And part of that is to let them know that it's highly recommended that they do get an inspection. Uh, we go over what that means, you know, if whether they pay for it or someone else pays for it. Generally, it's a buyer's cost. Um, and the reason for that is, especially here in, in Las Vegas, our homes are sold as is. It doesn't mean <clears throat> the seller's not going to repair anything. However, it's more of a disclaimer that says, I'm selling my house. Whatever's wrong with it is wrong with it. You do your inspection. I'm not liable for it. Um, they are required, however, to um, give this, the buyer a seller's real property disclosure form to disclose if there is has had any issues with the house, leaks and roof issues and whatnot. But ultimately, it's the buyer's responsibility to do their due diligence when it comes to that property, the condition, the zoning, you know, the schools, you know, everything. And that's when we bring in a um, you know, a, a professional. So someone's going to come in and do a home inspection, and they can get down to the nitty-gritty. They can do an electrical inspection, a roofing certificate. They can do, um, you know, a structural. They can do a survey. They can do soil. They can do everything that they're willing to pay for to make sure that they're comfortable with the condition of the home. Okay. That's your question, Buck? It answered it completely. All right. Thank <laughs> you for that, sir. Let me go to the 732 area code, the Garden State of New Jersey, and bring on Ray. Ray, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, Q? Well, How's it going, people, How y'all doing today? Doing hey, well. Hey, you have a question for Miss Wright? Yeah. Um, does she expect the housing market to go up in 2015? And if so, percentage-wise, how much does she expect it to go up? Well, since I didn't bring my crystal ball here today, um, that's going to be a very uh, <laughs> difficult question to answer. Um, you know what? I mean, if you're obviously you're not in the same state that I am. Um, here in Las Vegas, we got hit pretty hard when it comes to a lot of foreclosures and whatnot. Um, we recovered very well. At one point in time, we had over 400,000 foreclosures, and now oh, we're down wow. to about 40,000. Yeah, we've had a lot. So. Um, and I'm proud to say that um, we've weathered that storm. And for us here, our housing market has seen an incredible increase. Um, the consumer is getting, you know, their their confidence back in the housing market. Um, and I do have clients that um, I'm constantly making sure that they understand and are kept up to date on, you know, what their house potentially is worth. Um, so, I mean, to answer your question, you know, we have seen a significant increase, and but not uh, such a spike like we saw in the downturn. So we're growing at a healthy rate um, here in Vegas. We're, a healthy market is increasing 4%. Um, 
Um, but each one of our zip codes actually we keep track, at least I do. We keep track over year to year on what our um, appreciation values are, are doing in each zip code. So, I mean, we've seen incredible, um, you know, stability when it comes to our increase here. So I do see that it's going to just – it's going to get better. Um, right now we've, we've stabilized, which is a good thing. All right. Okay. Great, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that, Ray. One last question um, for you, April, and I'll go to the 248 area code. Outside of Detroit, Michigan, and bring on Crystal. Crystal, what's going on? Hi, Q. How are you? Hello, Miss Wright. I am outstanding. I am outstanding. Hi, Crystal. How are you? I'm fine. Um, I have a very, I guess, elementary, stupid question. Um, this is something I've never known. It's all I'll ask you. <laughs> um, exactly <laughs> what is um, closing costs? And what is the usual down payment percentage for, I guess, any buyer, but um, a first-time buyer? So that's two questions. Okay. You know what? I'll, I'll be honest. That's not um, – it is a very simple question, but it's probably one of the top ten most important questions. Um, there's two separate things. There's obviously um, down payment is – part of your closing costs, but we okay. kind of separate the two. So your down payment is one part, and then your closing costs are another part. Every state is going to have their different types of, of closing costs. Um, you know, so they're, you know, here we have transfer tax. We have, um, you know, so that's maybe different than from where you're at. However, um, let me start with your down payment. Um, if you're going, your standard first-time home buyer generally goes FHA, which is three to three and a half percent down, and lenders like to see twenty percent down, but a lot of people don't have that. Um, you know, standard standard wise, they would like to see twenty percent down. But um, as long as you qualify um, income wise and credit score wise, then generally you most people are going to start off with that three and a half percent FHA. Every lender has their own different types of products, and there's different type of lenders. There's direct banks, there's um, brokers where they have access to not only the portfolio, the products themselves, but then they can, you know, research other um, lenders that are available, or banks that are available for you as well. So there's many different products, but your standard is going to go three and a half percent. A lot of people do go conventional ten percent as well. Um, as far as the closing cost is concerned, here in Las Vegas, and of course since I'm uh, a licensed realtor here in Las <coughs> Vegas, I'll speak on our closing costs. Um, our closing costs are going to range from, or are going to include, excuse me, title fees, uh, escrow fees, transfer tax, and they're going to include uh, our professional fee, which if you're on the seller side, they pay the buyer's agent's professional fee, which is 3% standard. And then um, they also pay their listing agents a 3% standard for a total of 6%. So our buyers here generally don't pay their buyer's agent's brokerage fee, which is a wonderful thing. The seller uh, takes, takes care of that. There can be things um, also like um, you know, a broker's additional commission, which um, is the appropriate word for us to use, but the consumer equates that as a transaction fee. Um, 
So there's reconveyance fees. So generally when we're doing that, the lender I, will itemize that for you. And then um, I actually, for my clients, I uh, depending on what title company, we'll just quote the basic fees. Um, mm-hmm. And go from there as well. So your your lender has an origination fee that they charge, which is a uh, most of them charge a flat fee. That's not going to change. It has to be um, the same fee from the moment that you meet with them and the moment that you actually close and do your loan. So those are all in all in, um, in included as your closing costs. And like I said, different states may have different um, additional fees than we do here, but that is going to encompass a good portion of the closing cost. Okay, and the closing cost you pay before, it, that's not a part of your loan? Well, the closing cost is, um, the closing cost technically can be included into your loan depending on how your agent uh, negotiates it. So if we're negotiating a $100,000 deal, you have $3,500 towards your closing or a uh, total closing costs, we can actually get the seller to contribute within that $100,000 purchase price $3,500 towards your closing costs, which will cover the cost of your closing costs. So it can be included into the loan if the seller is giving you a contribution or a credit. Um, Otherwise, it is money out of pocket for you when you um, go ahead to the closing table. Uh, Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Great questions, Crystal. And um, all right, and I know we're running a little over, so I'll go ahead and get ready to wrap things up for you, April. I appreciate you taking the time. But uh, let me ask you this. Where can people um, who are looking to buy in Vegas find you on social media or a website or, you know, how can they get in touch with you? Um, they can, if you'll allow me to, um, they can actually call me directly. I'm one of the many agents that answer my phone um, almost no matter what. <laughs> if I'm dying, then, of course, I'm not going to answer it. But um, So they can call me directly at uh, 702-498-4802. But, of course, I am also on Facebook um, under Team Wright and Associates. But also you can find me just uh, under April Wright. And then you can also find me under Exit Realty Number One, which is my brokerage. Okay. And, and for the there. Instagram users, they can find me at April K Right, and they can uh, follow me there as well. Okay. Okay. And um, Exit Realty, they're nationwide, right? Okay. I was say, I thought I saw that the other day at a stoplight. Someone in a Exit Realty car. Yeah, okay. yeah, you'll find us all over the place. So, yeah, we're the fifth largest uh, franchise here uh, nationally. All right, so that's 702-498-4802 if you want to reach fun. her there. You can reach her at Team Wright and Associates on Facebook. Um, you said April.K.Wright on Instagram? Yep, that's right. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, one more thing. Tell me yes. about Alpha Female and what that is. Oh, I'm so excited about Alpha Female. Um, so basically Alpha Female, um, if you guys haven't noticed, that's exactly what I am. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alpha Female is a gem line that um, I'm actually coming out with 
And we're also going to be incorporating um, professional attire for women and then club wear because, of course, we're here in Vegas. And one of my biggest things is to empower women and to uplift women. You'll never, ever, ever hear me speak negatively about a person. I keep that all in my head um, because I understand the power of the, of the tongue. So um, basically what it is is, is um, you know, the opportunity for me to uh, reach out to other professional women, other alphas, that uh, whether they feel they're alphas or not, and just encourage them to continue doing what they are here to be, you know, to do on earth. And everyone needs to find their purpose if they haven't found their purpose. Um, you know, my, my background is training and mentoring, and so I, um, I'm almost, I almost selfishly like to give and like to help up, you know, lift up another person. And so this is another way for me to, to do that. And um, I've, I'm really, really excited for the opportunity to uh, express that. The line is not yet available. Um, for those of you guys that are, that are following me on, on Instagram, you'll get the first peek. Um, actually, if you do, have you've already seen it, we have the white tanks that have hashtag yeah. alpha female. Um, which uh, I will definitely own the rights to here in about a couple of days. So I'm really excited about that. And, I mean, overall, it's about being classy. You don't have to show your body, um, you know, and, and it's just uh, working with what you have and making sure that you understand that you are beautiful, you are good, you are enough. And there's a lot of women that, you know, have are living in their past or dealing with, you know, certain situations that they have uh, have haven't technically mentally overcome because I think being an alpha female, not only are you a leader, but it's, it's a mentality too. It's a mindset. And I've turned it into not only a mindset, but it, you know, it's a lifestyle that I live. And anyone that knows me when I walk into a room, I'm goofy, I'm playful, but I do mean business. And, you know, I've been told over, over, you know, each over and over again um, that I just have such confidence about myself. And it's because I like myself over, overall, it's because I like myself. <laughs> You know, That's important. And I don't have I don't have insecurities. Doesn't mean I don't have uh, insecure moments, um, but at the same time, I understand who I am as a person. And just being able to help someone through that and uh, let them know that you know we can fall, but it's about getting back up and how you feel about yourself. And um, I told someone earlier, um, actually uh, last week, and it, it, I don't base myself or who who I am based off of how people treat me. You know, I'm, I will always be a queen. So just because you don't treat me like a queen doesn't mean that I'm going to be less than that. So, again, it's a mindset. And we get to, I get to be able to, you know, put this out to the public so that they can see that, you know, anything that you set your mind to is achievable. And to have a good support group, um, you know, backing you up means the world. And so I'm there to be that support to anyone that needs it, whether I know you or not. And that's what, you know, what we're going, that's the message of our, our, our line. Okay. Wow. All right. I like that. Empowering women, three snaps in Z formation. Go ahead. Do your thing. <laughs> and, you uh, so, yeah, it kind of makes me want to, kind of makes me hesitate on um, launching my chauvinist male line that I had coming out, but uh, I, I feel you. You know what? Right? Bring it, you. Bring it. <laughs> Well, you know, a lot of people think, you know, when they think alpha female, they think, you know, dominant, rude, you know, the B word. They think that. Yeah. And, um, 
and I think so when people hear me say I'm an alpha female, I am. I mean, I'm confident, I'm secure within myself, so I do hold my shoulders back. I do hold my head up. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not, I don't consider myself more than anyone or better than anyone. If anything, I'm going to use my strengths to uplift you, to bring you to your full potential. And that's how I'm using alpha female. I'm not um, out there, you know, using people to my benefit. It's the exact right. opposite. I'm, I'm out there to use my strengths to help other people, you know, find their strengths. That's awesome. That's a message that needs to be spread throughout the country for sure. So hopefully your gym line can do just that and get it going. Well, April, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. It's been a pleasure to speak to you at length. And um, keep doing your thing out in Vegas, and you know that I will be in touch on Facebook. Absolutely, and so will I. (laughs) Okay. April Wright, everyone. And if I ever get out to Vegas, I'm going to have to get some recommendations on places to hit up from you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I got you covered. Don't worry about it. You just make sure you let me know when you're out, you're out this way. And I appreciate that. All Thank right. Thank you. Thanks for joining the show. Have a good evening. You too. is the number on the Talk to Q Radio show. Just got finished speaking to Miss April Wright. And um, a lot of information there, a lot of information there. And it's, you know, we've never really discussed um, buying a home here on the show. I wanted to do something different. Um, I know there are a lot of people out there who just don't know where to start with certain things. There are some people who think maybe I can buy a home and um, I'm not sure exactly if I should listen to my realtor or should I trust them and all that other stuff. And as you can see, there's a lot of things that go on in the background that you may not be aware of, and you need someone who's going to give you that information and make sure that um, you're getting the best bang for your buck, so to speak, when it comes to buying a home. So for something as serious as this, probably the biggest purchase that you'll ever make, it's good to have someone who, you know, like April, who you can trust to give you the best deal and to try to make sure that you're as satisfied as humanly possible with your purchase. Because, you know, unless you're rolling in some P. Diddy money, you just don't buy houses every day. You know, some people, if you're lucky, you may only buy one one home in your lifetime. And if that's the case, you definitely want to get it right. So I appreciate her coming on and giving some much-needed tips uh, to those out there looking to buy. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with a couple of other topics. All right? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Hi, this is Amanda from the Garden State of New Jersey, and you're listening to the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. If 
All right. We're back. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. Just got finished speaking to realtor out there in Vegas, April Wright. And now we're going to move on to a couple of other topics and get my show legends back on the line. And I also want to welcome from the Magnolia State of Mississippi, down the 601 area code, my man Eminem. Eminem, what's happening, man? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Not much, man. Glad to have you on. And, uh, all right. Now, you know, I heard you hear the little music playing in the background and everything. And music is a very important part of all of our lives, or at least it has been at some point. Uh, but... As of late in the news, it's been kind of dominated by a very nasty dispute that's been going on with Marvin Gaye's family and Robin Thicke, uh, Pharrell, and T.I. Now, for those who don't know, Robin Thicke's song, Blurred Lines, uh, was sued by the Marvin Gaye estate because they say that there were too many similarities to the um, song Marvin Gaye had got to give it up. And so they ended up winning a lawsuit of $7.4 million from Robin Thicke and Pharrell, and now they're going after T.I. Now, from what I understand, the amount of money made off of those songs, they said that, um, if I'm not mistaken, Robin Thicke and, and Pharrell both made a little over $5 million for the song, and T.I. made about 700000 for his contribution. And Eminem, I'll go ahead and start with you first, man. In your opinion, do you think they stole the song um, from Marvin Gaye? Did it sound like Got to Give It Up to You? Well, uh, uh, the, 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 the musical composition was definitely Got to Give It Up all day. Now, the song itself is totally different, but the, but the bass line is all the exact same. Uh, but... What what was kind of confusing? What was kind of confusing is that uh, usually with artists that big, most of the time everything like that is already legally tested or whatever before it come out. And I know a lot of time with smaller groups, new to the industry or not really knowing anything, uh, won't know. I know I had a good friend. Uh, we were in uh, we were uh, art classmates together, man. He had a uh, this cat lived up in Memphis, and uh, he had a uh, first cousin that did this song, man. It sound awesome. I'm talking about this shit was probably going to go. You know how one of those songs come out, and it's like if it gets radio play, you know it's going to probably go platinum, regardless of the guy's rap skills and shit. It was one of them type of songs because he had uh, Rod Stewart's, you know, If You Think I'm Sexy, like as the music line, but the thing uh-huh. was, but the thing was, um, when they got ready to try to, you know, get it mastered and all that, um, whoever was advising him actually reached out to Rod Stewart's, you know, management or publishing or whatever, and they said, well, yeah, you can use it, but it's going to be like $2.5 million up front. So guess what? That, that, that's never going to hit the shelf. So nah. I, I just really didn't, uh, I just didn't understand how it got out of the studio with with so many well established producers and and artists like Robin Thicke and Pharrell, you know, uh, T.I. You know, rappers known to do that type of shit. That ain't even uh, nothing new. But uh, I was just kind of surprised that all of that legality or 
was it too much sampled or the or the limitations or could you push the limit? I I just figured that they had the type of uh, means to have that figured out before it even got to that point where they would even lose. But when I heard it to answer the question, yeah, I knew that I knew that's what it was, but I just thought it was cool. Though. I didn't know it was like, you know, I didn't know it was an issue. Yeah. You know, I okay. thought it was one of them things like uh, Rick James with Can't Touch This. I mean, uh, Hammer with Rick James. Hammer. Uh, super Freak. I'm pretty right. sure he played like, for those royalties. Right. You know, I thought they just paid it, paid, you know, like whatever was paid was paid. And so when, right. once it hit the market, it was no problem. Right. So. I agree with you there. That's what I thought when I, cause when I first heard the song. I, I thought it was Marvin Gaye's song as well. But um, um, does anybody, well, Crystal, let me let me go to you and get, I guess and get your opinion on this. Um. Well, well, I have to. I guess I have to agree. I guess a little bit with uh, Eminem regarding the the fact that the um, the management teams did not figure that out. But um, I guess the the difference is, or what Pharrell was saying was that even though the song was similar, it wasn't the exact song. Um, that was his defense, you know, that it was something that he came up with outside of, you know, Marvin Gaye, even though it was influenced, yeah. but it wasn't the actual, you know, song. Right. Word for word. And, you know, when things go to court, sometimes um, it's, you know, it's it's subjective, you know, because you got... You know, people listen to a song, you hear something, and you go, okay, that sounds just like it. Yeah, it does. You put them two together. Mm -hmm. Or as you say, you know, yeah, that reminded me of uh, Marvin Gaye. But when I heard it, it didn't remind me of Marvin Gaye when I first heard it. It just reminded me of an old school type of song, just like um, his song that they're suing for now, again, is the, um, not not his song, but the... um, Happy. Yeah, happy. Um, you know those types of songs. He said from the beginning when they first came out, um, he wanted to go back to the old R and B roots, and that's why people loved it because it reminded them of that type of um, style. Right. And he wanted to bring it back. And so, but when I first heard Happy. Um, that's exactly what it, it did remind me. It, it immediately sparked a remembrance for me for those types of songs back in the day. And, and But there are a lot of songs like that. I mean, True. there are a lot of songs that are similar. I hear a song and it's brand new, but I'm like, oh, God, that reminds me of you know Luther Vandross or reminds me of those old Teddy Pendergrass because it's it's bringing back those old types of songs. I mean, personally, uh, I'm going on and on, but personally, I, I, I mean, I, I get where the family's come coming from. They got their money, so that's great, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of on a fence about the fact that they won. You know? Yeah, so. I feel you on that. And then I think, you know, they had a good lawyer and got the right judge because. Yep. I've heard songs that have, um, I don't know if you all remember um, this lawsuit. Uh, well, I don't know if it actually went to a lawsuit, if it went to court or not, but um, Manolo Ice's song, Ice Ice Baby, 
was oh, yeah. uh, very similar <laughs> yeah. to a song called Under Pressure. Yes. And, you know, I mean, and when Vanilla Ice explained it, it was laughable because Vanilla Ice was like, no, their song goes dun, 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 dun. Dun 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 dun. My song goes dun 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 dun. I'm like, okay, really, that extra dun? What makes it different? But yeah. So Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre sample so much polyphonic funkadelic and ain't funny, man. So I guess everything was cool with it, but uh. Yeah, I can just only assume that sometimes they buy the royalties, or sometimes maybe the artist doesn't care because it kind of revives their music. A little bit, but let me play a bit. I think I have a clip of the song here if it uploaded correctly, and if it's the right clip, I'm not sure if it is. But uh, and see if you can tell. It's supposed to be a mix up here. Everybody get up. When you play them side by side, I can hear the inspiration more so than I hear similarities. I just don't think that was just, I don't think that was a direct copy of the song. Anyone think that's, that they sounded really familiar? I mean, really uh, similar? Uh, I, I'm going to have to disagree, man. I, I think it was just like, uh, I think that shit was so close it's a spoof, you know. Because, <laughs> because if, if you take out, I tell you what, if you could listen to both instrumentals, Mm-hmm. See, like if yeah, you listen the to like the, yeah. the, the, if you listen to the vocals, it's totally different. It's a totally different song. Right. But if you listen to the instrumentals, it's gonna be hard to just distinguish it to the point where you say, "Hey, that's a totally different song." You know. Um, so. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. I mean, that's, because uh, what Robin Thicke and, the, and Pharrell did, I mean, they sped up the tempo, they changed the key, but it is in essence. You can you can tell where the inspiration for the song came from, and um, of course I'm biased. I'm biased because that's like if somebody you know got one of my pieces of works of art out of the trash, and I could imagine somebody just say, okay, if he got orange right here, we'll make it green. If he got this right here, we'll do this. And right, but when that artist see his shit, it's gonna be he hard to put in words. But he gonna like, oh hell nah, man. So. You know, I, I believe you on that. The artist would definitely know. And Ray, let me ask you, man. I mean, with with so many songs that have been recorded in the world, I mean, aren't there bound to be similarities at some point? I mean, do you think this is something worth suing for, or is it one of those deals where someone just drew inspiration from a song? Well, I think you know when you listen at the records, I think that there are similarities. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I don't think the motive is about the record. 
I think it's about these guys are broke and they want some money. And <laughs> they using their daddy to do it. They got I'm their serious. money. They using their daddy to do it because they even go after T.I. And T.I., all his music was original. He wrote that himself. And for you to try to go after him, too, then we turn around and say, oh, we want to get a piece of that happy record, too. You know, <laughs> it's just all about, it, 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 it's just disrespectful. Okay, if, all right, they they use something they shouldn't have used. Okay, we could try to work this out. If we can't work it out, all right, let's do what's fair. Now, I think the rule against Robin Thicke because of the content of the record. Uh-huh. Now, I don't think it is worth no $7 million, $7.4, whatever it was. Right. Okay, you're trying to get over half of what each of those guys need. And to me, that's just that's crazy. I don't I don't agree with that. And then now they now they sue happy. Everybody want want something from each one of these guys. Okay, well you can get something from him. You can get something from him. You can get something from him. They ain't about Marvin Gaye. I mean, the family will say different, of course, but right. some of them they know Marvin Gaye too well, and you know. It's not about him. It's about getting that money, and that's what they're trying to do. I hope a real judge overturned that shit. Well, Buck, I'll let you have the last word on it, man. And let me ask you, Buck, how come should it be the responsibility of the artist who put out the song or the record company who distributed the music? I mean, who exactly should handle the, the legal aspects of distributing music? Well, anytime that you're writing music, you know, I think it's, I think a little bit falls on both, but I would say the the more so the artists themselves, because uh-huh. everybody, every artist is inspired by, you know, something they, you know, by another artist, whether it be Marvin Gaye, whether it be Sam Cooke, whether it be Tina Marie, whether it be Rick James, it doesn't matter. I mean, we've heard so many different, I mean, Otis Redding, Wilson Pickett. I mean, we hear a lot. And we hear some of the samples and compilations from their music brought into today's time. And it really, if the artist is going to, you know, use them as inspiration, so to speak, and use part of their music, it's up to the artist to make sure they do their due diligence to make sure that they're not infringing on somebody to the point to where they're, uh, it looks like they're stealing part of their music. Right. In this particular instance, I don't, I don't think they were stealing, stealing Marvin Gaye's music. They were just influenced by it and wanted to kind of have that have that flair. Um, the bottom line of it is this may change the music industry because we've gotten to the point now where everything is kind of, it all sounds the same, where the artists now don't have to be as talented as they were back in the 60s and 70s and early 80s. Um, I think now with this lawsuit going through, I think you're going to see artists doing way more due diligence and try to come up with their own sounds versus, you know, right. maybe getting a little bit too much inspiration. I mean, $7.4 million is a lot of money, so they're going to have to definitely be careful. And But we just, you know, I don't want a situation where someone says, okay, this reminds me of one of my songs, so I'm going to sue you, you know. 
I, I don't I don't want um, Lenny Kravitz to get sued by Terrence Trent Darby because well I really picked those two because they kind of looked alike, but uh, you <laughs> <Hell> know. <yeah. laughs> You know, because he's like, oh, okay, that song reminds me of Dan's little sister or something like that from back in the day, or Wishing Well or something. I, I mean, so I understand. Hey, but they got, they I, got I, laws on that, though. They you remember, do. Um, well, y'all remember, um, uh, it kind of started, it didn't start with, with P. Diddy, but he, he, he was the one that kind of brought it to the forefront where, like, legally, if you loop it one time or something, you could get away with it. But more than that, it's considered it, – it was like something with a sample law. They actually came up with it because pretty much right. this was like the Bible for, like, hip-hop producers forever once that came out. Um, I just can't put the full thing in context to make it make sense on what I'm saying. I was hoping, you know, one of y'all might have knew more in depth of it. I'm not but sure it, it was, of the rule, but, um, I mean, I've, I I've got um, so far – I think Go it's ahead, 16 Chris. seconds. I think it's 16 seconds or the 20 seconds or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's all like, uh, okay. Because I know Diddy got it down to a science. Right, yeah. Because I, he remember was a, I, I remember hearing him on an interview, and he was just like basically saying, if you know how you do your stuff right, you can do whatever you want to do if you know the laws on it. So, I mean, it's and so that's many why I, That's what led me to say what I said about the management team for Robin Thicke and, and uh, Pharrell because I know they should be very aware of that kind of stuff, you know, with the loops and the seconds and if something matched more than this, because I think Fabulous got sued during that time when that shit came out. I yeah. can't remember by who. Um, and it was somebody else. They tried to get Diddy, but they couldn't because he had his shit straight. But see, I feel like maybe instead of a lawsuit, maybe the family should just be entitled to whatever the going rate for royalty should be. Um, now, you know, now the family wants to have the song taken off the airways and never played again, and that's just a little too much to me. I don't know um, if if they really have that right to do that. Maybe they do. I'm not sure. Hey, well, well, like well, Ray answered that one. Now, when somebody broke, that's when they started going overboard. Oh, no when, doubt. When, when somebody's saying something, and Crystal can back me up on this, when somebody can say something and it's strictly for artistic recognition, it ain't even about the money at that point. It's about just making sure that you don't have kids thinking that this shit came out my head when it came, really, I got it from this guy. That's why I like when Dr. Dre had the sample of uh, the mothership landing in Parliament on stage because for the people who never heard of Parliament, you know, it's like, damn, that's a, who that old group is. See, I'm saying that's kind of like saying, hey, man, you know, it ain't exactly your shit, but you greatly influenced me on on this album anyway. So here it yeah. is. And, and that's all the artists want is some type of appreciation, you know. But but I think you know Ray was on point with you know them being broke. See when they, you talking about going after Ti, I'm like a rapper ain't got shit to do with the baseline. That ain't that ain't got nothing to do with that. His shit was just totally different, you know. And then it's like another reason to kind of go after them and say we want to stop them from distributing or performing the song. It keeps you in the news a little bit. I mean, if you think about it, Marvin Gaye's daughter used to sing Nona Gay, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, now her name is back out there. I had forgotten all about she was in the world. But now Me her too. name is back out in the headlines a little bit, you know, because of all this. So you never know if that's any type of um, influence on keeping the story alive as well. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. She could really be offended by the fact that they – 
took her father's song, but you you never know anyone's attention intentions these days. So, but we'll see what happens with Happy, and uh, what happens there. And uh, there are a lot of loopholes in music. It, it's been a while. I used to make music back in the day, but it wasn't on the level to where I had to concern myself with this, in which the music I did was completely original. But every now and then you'll do a song just to see if you can do it and make it sound similar or try to improve upon a song or a beat. And um, But, you know, you have these cover bands now. Like, for example, I don't know how many of you all are familiar with Spotify, but Spotify is very similar to Pandora. Um, and Taylor Swift um, doesn't participate in Spotify. And she says she doesn't like um, exactly how they do music, you know, how they do the music, how it takes from the artists uh, and, and things of that nature as far as how they get paid and their rights and all of that. So, I mean, well, she's applauded for doing that. But you have people who sing her songs who are allowed to go on the Spotify. And I don't understand that. So why is it that someone can make a song similar to Marvin Gaye and get sued, but someone can copy a Taylor Swift song entirely and call themselves a quote-unquote cover band, and you can't sue them. So I don't know how all of that works and everything, and I'm not in the music industry, and I'm not going to read up on it well, to find out. And but now, uh, what you're saying it's very convoluted. It's actually what a lot of performing artists do. You know, you see these guys. Uh, well, Q, you know, we got some some pretty famous groups around here in town, man, that do weddings and little parties, and all the songs they're singing is actually somebody else's shit. But exactly, I, I think the thing is, you can perform it, you just can't sell it. I think that's the bottom line. And that, might, and that's probably it. I mean, but you have some people who um, sell their music on YouTube, cover bands, who sell their music on YouTube. Yeah, some very talented ones too. I may add. Uh, there's a guy whose name escapes me. He's from England, but he's done everything from Robin Thicke to Miguel, and dude sounds good. And, you know, he sells his little CDs and everything. Now, I don't know if it's different because he's in England, but, uh, you know, like I said, so many loopholes, you never know what's going on. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. And I'm going to change directions completely. On this one. And let's see, who do I want to ask this question to? I'm going to ask Buck first. Buck, are you there? Buck. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Right. <laughs> do you do you know what truffle butter is? Never heard of it. Okay. That's that's cool. It's probably a good answer. Crystal? Crystal, you pulling the buck? Hello. Okay, sorry. Um, no, I don't know what that is. I've heard of truffles, but not truffle butter. Okay, let me go to let me go to Ray. I, Ray, you, you you in the know, man? Do you know what truffle butter is? Uh, never heard of it. Okay, Eminem, you my last hope, bro. Well. I never heard of it, but I had to take a wild guess. It sounds like some shit that would be in a sex shop in the U.K. or something on Real Sex, episode <laughs> 110 or something, you know. Uh, well, you are close. It is it is sex-related. Uh, 
but there's a song out right now um, by Drake, uh, Nicki Minaj, and Lil Wayne. It's called Truffle Butter. And now truffle butter is an actual cooking item, I believe, but when they refer to it from the urban point of view, it's something sexual. Truffle butter is when you're having anal sex, you take it out the butt, you put it in the front, and I guess the residue from the anal sex, when put into the vagina, causes this brown foam that they call truffle butter. Okay, completely Ew. disgusting, right? Yeah, I know, right? Completely disgusting. I wouldn't recommend anyone do it because it sounds infectious. That's what truffle butter exactly. is. This is, a, this is a song that's playing on the radio across the country. By the way, the song is awesome. Um, great lyrics <laughs> in the song. I'm just being straight up. Great lyrics in the song. Um in Drake and Nicki Minaj's lyrics, they really don't reference what truffle butter is. Lil Wayne kind of throws it out there what it is, but it's, it's he does it really quick, you know. So it's not like the song is about sex, because the song is not really about sex until it gets to Lil Wayne's part. But anyway, uh, I got this from Facebook. Lady T's 15-year-old daughter approached her and asked her to explain what truffle butter was. Okay, so I, I'm going to start back with you, Buck. Now that you know what it is, how would you explain to a 15-year-old what truffle butter is? Well, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna, I can't say it like, I just, when I tell my son things, I just flat out tell him, so that way, you know, either I'm going to tell him straight up or I'm not going to tell him at all. So if he asks me that, and I think he's mature enough that he can handle it, I'm going to tell him what it is, uh-huh. uh, pure and simple, because that way, you know, he doesn't try to do any of this shit, you know, and get himself infected or somebody else infected. So I think it's just best to just come right out and tell him. Now, when you got girls, it's a little bit different. you got to be a little bit more a little bit more diplomatic, but I think in the same instance, you do have to explain to them, but probably not so direct. I get it. I get it. And uh, and I think a lot of people would try to take that approach, Buck. And Crystal, what about you? Your 15-year-old daughter walks up to you and asks you what truffle butter is. I mean, do you tell her do you allow her to look, tell her to look it up? Do you allow her to go to her friends? How do you handle that? I tell her exactly what I know it to be, um, sexually and and otherwise. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Point blank. Lay it out there. Yep. Uh, all right. And, Ray, does it matter if it's a boy or a girl you're explaining it to? I mean, do you still just lay it out there like Crystal or Buck would or do you kind of uh, try to find a different way of educating them? Uh, you got to find a different way of educating them. I mean, um, because if I'm a guy, if I had a son, you know, I would just basically tell them what it is, you know, and discuss the subject. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. But a female can never be a man no matter how hard she try to be. So it's always a different situation. 
people don't want to look at it that way, but, you know, it is that way. So, you know, because the guy is the one that's going to be doing the doing anyway. You know what I mean? So he should know about it. Now, if you get it done to you, you shouldn't let it be done to you unless you know about it as well. So, I mean. What? Talking to a female boy, I think it's awesome. <laughs> Talking to a female boy, I think he should tell him like it is. You know what I mean? Because he's going to find out anyway. But I don't necessarily think that it's a bad thing for a young guy to sow his royal oats as long as he do it, does it respectfully and safely. Now, female, you know, it's going to be on her jacket for the rest of her life. So I think that changes things a little bit. And, you know, you don't want to be doing nothing like that too often if you're not married. So females got to treat a little different. Okay, okay. I, I, I'll be honest, but I don't think I wouldn't advise truffle butter to anyone who was married. It just sounds nasty. But uh, no, 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 I'm not saying I'm not saying that's what he should do. I'm I get it. Just running it for him, you know. <laughs> <sighs> oh, <my God. laughs> Eminem, what do you think, man? Well, as far as the conversation, you know, if it's a one of my daughters or whatever, well, number one, they ain't going to ask me no shit like that. Because, you know, if it's anything that can get you pregnant, I'm like, you already know what I'm saying. And fuck it, you know. Nah, you you know, you know, you shouldn't be doing shit anyway till you get married. You know, but if it's a boy, well, I'd be like, well, let me educate you on something, you know. And I can already tell what this motherfucker look like if you can answer this question. See, you got to be able to go from... One to the other to make butter. So I'm like, well, guess what? More than likely, you gonna have <laughs> truffle truffle slime. They're like, oh, that's how nasty. Like truffle slime is when you can't when the guy don't succeed in making it to the other one. See what I'm saying? You know. <laughs> You got oh, truffle man. slime, a.k.a. truffle snot, because you ain't made it out. You know, it's too much excitement. <laughs> like, shit. Ew. <laughs> he just made it more disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. man. Well, let me tell you, Bobby, you Willis, damn flick. Bobby Willis did an <laughs> awesome job of describing it. This is what this is how Bobby Willis described it. Yeah, check this out. He says, "Tell her is when the guy leaves out the back door and enters the front door with mud on his boots." Oh, exactly, God. exactly. Very good. Oh man. Well, anyway, from what Lady T told me, she had to have the discussion with her daughter um, about what it was. She went ahead and told her, and she said it. You know, it got a little uncomfortable to the point her daughter's like, all right, I've heard enough. I don't want to hear anymore. But um, I don't know. It's 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 very uncomfortable to have that type of discussion. But trust me, if your child is coming to you instead of going to their friends, 
then that's the best thing you can ask for. All right. That means you got a good relationship with your kid and your kid trusts you to give you the correct information. Because, I mean, when I was growing up, most of the stuff I learned, I learned from my friends. And, of course, you know, you learned some things that were incorrect. But That was the best best education I could have got because it had you so creative and curious. It's just like, damn, you know, and then when, when them old... You know them, 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 them flicks that have been dubbed like ten times to the point you can't even see. It's like all the white girls look pink, and there was no detail and shit. You know, but uh-huh. uh, that was like the premium flicks, man. Uh, you know, something like that where they go from the <coughs> ass to the mouth, man. It's like God damn, it's like. <laughs> 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 and this isn't getting any worse. <laughs> man, that, that'd be no fifty nine ninety five flicks, man. Shit. Oh boy. <laughs> well, well, now you all know what truffle butter is. If you happen to hear, if you hear the song, you're gonna like it. I mean, like I said, the, the song has some really good lyrics, in my opinion. Lil Wayne killed his part. Probably one of the best uh, sets I've heard him do in quite some time. Uh, but at least now you know what the Urban Dictionary definition of truffle butter is, and and, and I, I mean I brought all of this up just to kind of discuss how you would handle, you know, your child approaching you with a very uncomfortable question. All right, and if you don't know what it is, then it's probably in your best interest to look it up and find out, so then you can explain it to your child. Because there are plenty of parents who would have said, "I don't know," and left it alone. Uh, but, you know, you have to kind of find out what these things are if they're brought up to you. However, I, I do want to kind of put a little twist on this, and, Ray, I'm going to start with you. How would you react if another adult took it upon themselves to have a discussion with your child about sex or, or, or Santa Claus or, or whatever it is that parents normally have discussions with? It doesn't matter if it's an aunt, uncle, neighbor, or what. How would you feel about that? Uh, depends on who it is. Okay. I mean, if it if it's a uh, a person that's uh, going to give good advice, I think you should be able to get good advice from anywhere. But if you're somebody that just you know that's going to make the situation worse, then you know, or give 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 him or her some bad advice, then I think that's a problem. But what, what is know, this not necessarily I'll... advice? What is this just, you know, uh, the sex talk? You know, something that, a bond that parents normally have with their kid, a certain discussion that they may have with their kid, uh, with your kid. What if they, you know, have the sex talk with your child? Or what if they're the one to tell your kid there is no Santa Claus, that dad is really Santa Claus or something like that? Would you have a problem with that? Um. No, I don't necessarily think I would because, I mean, I never had that sex talk with my folks. And, you know, Santa Claus, I mean, you know, I pretty much knew better than that when I was a small kid. So it's kind of like a different situation for me. But, you know, if a person were to talk to my kids or whatever the case was, like I had older cousins and stuff would talk to me early when I was eight years old, they'd be saying stuff and whatnot. So 
you know. Okay. My dad ain't really trip off of it, so I, I went neither. I don't think it really, really hurts anything because if you raise your kids right, any misinformation, they would come and ask you anyway. So I wouldn't really trip off of that. Okay. Crystal, what about you? How would you feel if your neighbor um, told your six-year-old child it wasn't a Santa Claus or maybe had the sex talk with your 12-year-old son? Well, I mean, I just have to really mirror um, what Ray just said. I mean, first of all, my kids never believed in Santa Claus because mm-hmm. I told them, you know, straightforward, there was no Santa Claus. And um, But that doesn't mean you can't enjoy the stories and enjoy Christmas and enjoy all that. But um, as far as sex is concerned, I mean, there would be there were plenty of times when I was growing up, and I know, you know, when my kids were growing up, that they had probably had conversations or overheard things from a myriad of people. And if one of the people who, you know, cared about them, you know, like an older cousin mm-hmm. or an, an uncle or whatever, to sit down and say, look, little man, this is whatever, you know, to straighten them out on whatever they just heard or something, and I don't see there's anything wrong with that. But then, you know, some people, I think nowadays a lot of parents get all bent out of shape about a lot of bullshit, you uh-huh. know, especially with school or somebody else. I was like, you know, well, if you would have talked to your fucking kid in the first place, we wouldn't have to have this conversation. He wouldn't think stupid shit like that. So, I mean, <laughs> seriously, I mean, people are so afraid of sex, and they wonder why as soon as their little 15-year-old daughter gets out, of the house, they go screw everybody, yeah. you know, because they want to get away from your ass, and 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 then they hear reality a lot of times because you're talking about something that's so ridiculous at uh-huh. home, you know, because you're trying to quote unquote protect them, and so they don't know what what the hell, and they say something so ridiculous to their friends, and they're like, what? No, let me tell you what that really is. I mean, so they're getting the information anyway. So it's is your job as a parent, to as as soon as a girl, you know, becomes, actually before she she gets her menstrual cycle, you should be having serious conversations with her about what it is, what what to expect, and what it's for. And the right. same thing with boys. Before they reach puberty, you should talk about how the changes are going to happen in their body and why the changes are happening so they don't freak out. <laughs> they don't because it's scary. But the people who are supposed to talk to them usually don't because they're so afraid themselves of having those conversations, which is ridiculous. And they okay. don't want it to happen in school either. It's like, well, then make up your damn mind. What do you want? You know, they got to hear it unless they're going to hear it on the streets. Like my girl says in the insurance company, better hear it than on the streets. They're going to hear it somewhere. Right. <laughs> and, uh, okay, okay. And, well, Eminem, um, I'm old school, man. They're certainly like, you know, I have a godson. And so I, you know, allow, well, I'm not going to say I allow because he's not my son. But, um, you know, his dad taught him how to ride a bike. Um, His dad taught him how to throw a football. And those are things I kind of stayed away from, you know. I didn't necessarily want to steal that from his dad. Um because I felt like I would be kind of overstepping my boundaries or something. 
in your opinion, did did it really matter that I stepped back and didn't, you know, really try to push the issue on any of those things? Oh man, I mean, did I did I think too much? Did I think too much into it? Or I mean, is there is it a big deal? you you thought just right, man, because see, for the for the for the guys out there who really take pride in being a dad, uh, that first thing like that, those those first things that a that a boy who gonna be a boy boy when he grow up uh, remembers, you definitely want you, you, a man definitely want to uh, have that to be the thing that that his son can say, yeah, my dad showed me how to do that, my dad showed me how to throw a football, my dad showed me how to box. Now, you can improve them, right? But the first person to show you is just an ego thing. If a man is a man, I, you know, for the most part, that's what guys want to say. It's like, you know, unless you're some kind of, you know, in some kind of situation where, you know, you only know your kid's name, you ain't really been around, you don't want to hear about some other nigga be the first one to show your kid how to do something with a sport, you know, now. You know, with reading or something like that, you know, the average guy don't give a shit. But, you know, with, with uh, throwing a football or, you know, protecting yourself, you know, a diet say, like, you know, hold your guards up and all that shit. Everybody thinking <laughs> every day in America, the feud is left anyway. Think they, you know, Muhammad Ali or something, you know, like, yeah, man, right. do this, you know. But, uh, but yeah, you played that just right, man. But, uh, but uh, I, I wanted to kind of answer that question, man, because I came from a you know super super conservative family and shit, man. But it's like no, everything was just the opposite in my surroundings. Like um, one of my older cousins right down the street. It's funny because the week we had like talked about like some sex education type shit, zygotes and all that bullshit in science. You know what he said was like, hey, I see you getting a little mustache, man. You're getting a little chest on you working out or something. Then he said, man, uh, you fucking something. I'm just looking at him like, you know, fucking something. I'm sitting up here like, damn, man, you know, you you down in my dad's age. I'm like, I'm, I don't really know how to respond. And he was like, let me tell you something. Say, said, let me tell you something, nigga. If you ain't, if you ain't burning, man, you ain't fucking. So I'm sitting up here saying, what? damn, man, we talking about STD. You <laughs> <laughs> say, okay. if you ain't burning... You ain't fucking. So I guess, in other words, he was saying, <laughs> if That's you're going why you through a certain your kids at home. <laughs> right, if if you're going through a certain amount of women, I guess you're gonna be burning, you know. But in the you know seventies and shit, you could cure, pretty much get a cure for everything, you know. But a lot of people in the country believe that stuff, you know. Like saying this chick burnt me was a badge of honor. Now I never wore that badge because I didn't want to get burnt. You see what I'm saying? But I'm saying, but as far right. as the miseducation, that was, that was out there. So that's why you had an astronomical amount of, uh, you know, teen pregnancy and stuff. Now, one of the ignorant things that, that I found myself Make it quick for me. guilty of was saying, like, you know, when when guys would, uh, now this wasn't just limited to, to a certain region to an extent like this, but, you know, uh you know, only using rubbers on ugly girls. You know, that was like kind of the thing, like, well, you know. So I, I must say that, you know, I am guilty of that type of shit. So that was ignorant. You know, you you know, you don't want to pass that shit on, but if, if some, you know. Or get some passed on to you. 
Right, because that'd be the main one to light you up, man, with something. Like, damn, man, this chick got me scratching and shit. She pretty as hell, <laughs> you know. Got me about to jump out this motherfucking bridge, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, we went from truffle butter to venereal disease in like 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, and... uh Buck, you can address that on your final thoughts, but let me go ahead and set up tomorrow's show. On Wednesday's show, I am being rejoined by psychological strategist Herman S.J.R. We'll talk about not only how you can use psychological strategy for marketing your business, but how you can use it in your household as well. And I'm sure Eminem will be interested in psychological strategy from a pimp game perspective. That's tomorrow, March 25th at 10 p.m. Eastern on the Talk to Q radio show. Now, the interview will last probably about 45 minutes. I have quite a few questions in store for them. Um, there will be a current events topic afterwards. Uh, I probably won't have any zone coverage tomorrow. I might save that to the end of Tuesday's show next week. But if anything changes, I'll let you all know. All right, we'll go to your final thoughts, what we discussed tonight, home buying tips, uh, Robin Thicke's music, Truffle butter. <laughs> Buck, if you want to address how you would feel if a neighbor or a relative or something had a discussion with your kid about something serious, be it sex or or maybe Santa Claus, if that's serious to you in your life or whatever the situation may be. But, Buck, I'll start with you on your final thoughts. Well, it's kind of hard to follow Eminem when he uh, is so eloquent with his words on how he describes certain things. <laughs> so, but anyway, I'll see if I can try to clean this up. Um, really need to laugh anyway. But um, anyway, um, as far as Santa Claus, it really doesn't matter in today's time. I mean, if you explain to your kids, you know, how you know the story of Santa Claus or whatnot, and still want to, you know, view the Christmas for Santa Claus or whatever, you can do that. Now, as far from a sex, sexual standpoint, my neighbor ain't supposed to be, you know, jumping there, jumping there, bound, trying to teach my child about something. I mean, that's something that, you know, when you're a parent, that's something that you need to talk to your child about. I mean, I know a lot of, you know, a lot of us didn't have that supposedly talk. Some, or well, some of us anyway, didn't have that talk or whatnot. Um, we, when we were younger, but you know, I try to tell my kid what he needs to know. If he asks questions, I try to answer them, you know, as straightforward as I possibly can. Um, that's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, and, and no comment on the truffle butter. I think we all kind of figured out what that was. So we'll just leave that alone <laughs> for, the, for the night and whatnot. But anyway, I hope everybody has a great night. You know, it's been fun sitting here, uh, you know, chatting with you guys and listening to some of the stuff and cracking up over here. Side got cramps. So, everybody have a great night. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Ray, your final thoughts? Yeah, um, I think with with the music thing, I think that um, artists should be allowed to express themselves and they should have originality at the same time. And I think that just because a song out of millions of songs that they created, sound similar, you shouldn't try to uh, take people who have proven to be great artists, a very good artist, 
and make it seem like they're one hit wonders and they're just out here stealing other people's music to be successful because that's not the case. As far as truffle butter goes, you know, black folks are always coming up with something stupid. So, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you know, just. You know, but, um, you know, as far as talking to your kids about sex and stuff like that, I think every parent should have the conversation. But not no all doubt. parents have people comfortable talking about that sort of thing. So sometimes it may take a neighbor, it may take an uncle, it may take somebody else in the community or a coach or whatever to have the conversation. It all just all depends on what's behind the conversation. Now, I don't want a pedophile talking to my kid, but, you know, if a right. guy's going to give you some advice, just like if, you know, I'm at the barbershop or whatever, you know, and young boys come in and got little ideas, and, like, one guy liking a girl, but he didn't know how to talk to her, and it's hey, I got to advise you because, hey, I mean, you're 18 years old, and, you got to understand what position you're in. You know, guy, tall guy, about six, five, six, six. You know, nice-looking young kid. Man, you got to go out here and let her know what it is. You got to uh-huh. understand what position you're in. So there's nothing wrong with expressing yourself and helping these young kids out, giving them some advice because they can't get it from everybody. Parents should be able to sit down and talk about it, but not all feel comfortable. So I don't really necessarily see a problem with that. Um, home buying, uh, I think April gave some real good advice on home buying. And, um, you know, I think that it, <laughs> and, you know, if you're going to buy a house, I think you need to just do all your due diligence and make sure that, you know, you you've got all your information straight because it's not an easy process unless you got it just write a check and buy your house straight up. But if you can't, you need to do your research so to save you some time and effort and money and everything else. So it's a great show. Look forward to the next one. All right. Thank you very much, sir, for all of that. Good stuff. And Eminem? Oh, man, great show. Uh <clears throat> Uh, a comment I really uh, have for April Q, and maybe you can, if you don't mind, maybe maybe you can, you know, just ask her on Twitter or something. But uh, yeah, I wanted to ask her why do so many celebrities not just buy their shit cash? I mean, I wanted was some kind of quirk to it, you know, because uh, like Fantasia lost her shit, T Boz, uh, I think R Kelly had one of his houses possessed or something, and you know when you look. Being just a regular working man, it's like, well, shit, man, if if you worth these many millions and your house costs this, why do you have a house? No. I, and I just I always yeah. thought as a, you know, as a I, common financial well, guy, I mean, to me it wasn't rocket science. I know if I had, if I was worth two or three times what my house is worth, I wouldn't be paying no I, damn mortgage. So well, I, I just kind of had that question for I, I, I just kind of answered that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> It's a tax oh, shelter to have a note, house note. So, you know, for them, since they make money, you know, make a lot of money, they use the house note, you know, paying a mortgage to, you know, make sure they have a tax shelter cause that, that way because they're in a higher income bracket. But, you know, if you don't pay, 
your damn house, you know, that's how you get yourself in trouble. So, oh, well, uh, you know, because, well, I guess that, that makes sense to an extent, but I mean, I wouldn't worry about no damn taxes, man. I'm like, because, you know, shit, my shit paid is mine. I mean that's how simple-minded people think, but you know, the, yeah, that that, that kind of makes sense. But uh, like I can say, man, great show. Uh, yeah, musically, you know, like I say, you know, um, the only real opinion I had on it was I definitely think the bass line is the song, but I really was just shocked that it that it uh, all those quirks and the uh, permissions and all that stuff wasn't worked out by the people who are paid to do that legal stuff. Um, and on the music tip, man, I was just, uh, I was listening to, uh, this was like just a few weeks ago, MC Shan, The Bridge, man, and I was just like, you know, uh-huh. like, man, it was just so refreshing to hear, you know, simple beats and shit like that, shit that didn't come from nobody else, you know, I was just like, man, that's just straight pure music, you know what I'm saying, like, damn, like, you, you know, the 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 production of the bridge with just a drum machine and some kind of little quirky sound. I mean that shit was like everlasting, man, for like twenty something years, you know, thirty something years probably. But uh, that was kind of refreshing, and it's good to hear people. You know, when you're an artist and you create something, you know, you know you're gonna influence people and all that. But at the same time, right. I think as a as a fellow artist, I couldn't see myself doing something, you know, even if I had to do something like, okay, I'm not going to pay you nothing, but, you know, I'm going to bring you out on stage and introduce you to a whole nother generation. Kind of how, just off a video, you know, Snoop Dogg and R. Kelly kind of reintroduced Charlie Wilson to a whole nother generation. You know what I'm saying? They really did, man. They kind of put him back on the map. Exactly. So, you know, if you were artist regardless how talented you are, regardless how much money you got, just just halfway, don't forget your artistic roots. You know, just just show some love. I mean, yeah, you ain't got to write nobody no check, but just, just you know, just pay some, pay some uh, respect. You know, that, that, it's a unique fraternity or sorority or mixed group that can call themselves musicians or true musicians or vocalists or instrumentalists. So, you know, if you're sampling Herbie Hancock shit, man, you know, show a clip of the man or something. I mean, the same, just like whatever you're doing, Quincy John, whoever yeah. it is, just show some love, you know. So I guess that's all I got to say about that part. And uh, now as far as, uh, <clears throat> you know, people talking to your kids about sex and stuff like that, uh, it's really discriminatory. Uh, you know, I'm not so cautious about, you know, some dude, as long as he's a straight man, if you're saying something to, you know, one of my sons, but I don't want nobody talking about no damn sex to my daughters. That's like a, mm-mm, hell nah, you know. But uh, I know one of the things that I kind of understood as I got older you know, it was it was very ignorant, but it was it was something that would make a kid think. So like, if you just sit a kid down and like, well, you know, this is sex and all that. You know, they ain't hearing that shit. But you know, like, to keep people from getting they they folks pregnant, they like, well, you know, you gonna have retarded babies. So that that you know, kids like, oh nah, man, you know, we too close kin. We are gonna have retarded babies. And then to keep you from taking advantage <laughs> of somebody that. <laughs> 
that is retarded, you know, they say that make your dick fall off. So if you don't want your dick to fall off, if a girl is retarded, you ain't fucking her. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't want your dick to fall off. So it, it was just like a silly way of getting through the kids of, you know, what was open game and what wasn't. So, uh, uh, you know, even though it ain't true, uh, just like Santa Claus ain't real, I think some things are uniquely designed for kids to understand on a kid level. You know, it ain't so much about it being real or false, but you know what I'm saying? Because you sit down and like, well, you know, we got these many chromosomes, and if we share these many genes, we could have a retarded gene. Nah, hell nah. You just say, well, look, man, you fucking your damn cousin. You know, you could have a retarded baby. And if you fucking a retarded girl, your dick gonna fall off. Now, your dick ain't gonna fall off, but you don't. my share of HGTV, um, and I always hear about, you know, that part. So that was really good for me because I, I, re- I literally did not know that. I didn't, I, no one ever said it. No one ever said exactly what it was. I kind of guessed, and I was, all, I was almost right to what she said, but she cleared it up for me, so that was good. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm not going to follow any of that regarding truffles. I mean, it's it's such a sad thing that they even put that. I mean, I haven't heard the song yet, amazingly enough, because I've been marathoning Netflix and YouTube for the last few days. But I haven't heard the new song, so i got to check it out. Um, I mean, but truffles are supposed to be really good. I mean, it's like, you know, soft and chocolatey and, and beautiful and, you know. Yeah, it's it's soft and chocolatey, all right. Yeah, so now it's now it's Put one in your mouth if you want to. Yeah, it's totally stuck in my head now. Thank you. And, you know, it, it ruins it, you know. But anyway, um, but anyway, good show. And I uh, look forward to tomorrow night. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much, ma'am. I appreciate that. And uh, thanks to everyone who 
contributed to tonight's show. Thanks to my guests, April Wright, realtor out there in Vegas, my show legends, tweet chatters, those who popped in and out of the chat room. Uh, the upcoming show schedule can be found at TalkToQ.com. If you want to hear previous shows, then subscribe to me on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and never miss an episode. And, uh, yeah, we went from discussing buying a home to discussing, um, I don't even remember the second topic at this point, oh, Blurred Lines and Robin Thicke, to Truffle Butter, to talking about <laughs> extra chromosomes. <laughs> so you never know what you're going to get on T2Q. We try to inform and have fun at the same time. So check us out tomorrow, Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern. I'll have on Herman SJR. We'll talk about psychological strategies. Very interesting. I talked to him one-on-one um, back in late January and it was a very impressive interview. I decided to bring him back for a more lengthy interview, let my show legends ask a few questions of him, uh, because we all use psychological strategy every day, and a lot of us don't know it. We do it subconsciously. So he's going to tell you or give some tips on how to master it and, you know, learn how to manipulate, get things to go your way, so to speak. It's like doing your own personal marketing. That's tomorrow, 10 p.m. Eastern. So I'll talk to you all then. Have a good night. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Let me thank you for having me on your show. It's so awesome to be here with you and all your listeners. My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. Carly, go ahead. I was told that I was a man-eater. I never really have a lot of pity for females when it comes to relationships. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Now, let me bring Amanda on the line. I didn't realize she was holding there. Amanda, what's going on? Hey, Q. Hey, everybody. Does that make sense? I like that. I'm going to say that again one day. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what I meant. (laughs) Follow Q, guys. Thanks. Peace out.